Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. Oh, what a privilege and a joy it is to share this Easter Sunday with you. Uh, just does your heart good looking around, seeing so many people choosing to come and be together on this Easter Sunday to celebrate what uh, Easter is all about, that Jesus did not stay dead, but that he rose again. And as my son says, because of Jesus, we have chocolates. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure of the theology of it, but I shall take it. Um, it's just a, such a pleasure to be here and to share some thoughts with you, the day that we celebrate the defeat of death forever. And as we've already talked about with the children in this morning, we're thinking about goodbye to goodbyes, about how Jesus' resurrection points to goodbye to goodbyes. I wonder what you're like at saying goodbye, generally, in our kind of day-to-day life. Some people are brilliant at saying goodbye, they don't really mind it, they're pretty stoical. Other people, saying goodbye is really difficult. But of course, there are different kinds of goodbyes. There's a relatively easy kind, there's the see you later kind of goodbye, where you might have met some people for the first time, maybe you're saying goodbye to some work colleagues at the end of the day, or your neighbours or something, and you know you're going to see them tomorrow. And all goodbye really means in that situation is see you later. I'm off now. It's a kind of I'm going home now kind of word, a light-hearted goodbye. Then there is the goodbye for now kind. And that, of course, depends on who it is that you're saying goodbye to in terms of how you feel about it, doesn't it? So you've had some relatives to stay, for example. Some relatives that are, I don't know, tricky, maybe. And they've stayed with you for a few days and you've entertained them and cooked for them. And, uh, you know, they kind of get in their car and you're standing in the doorway and you say, goodbye, it's been lovely. And then you shut the door uh, with an enormous sigh of relief and sink into the sofa. If you're saying goodbye to people that you love dearly, maybe they live a long way away, maybe you don't know when you're going to see them again, then goodbye for now can be really hard and really painful. Even if you know you're going to see someone soon, you love them. Goodbye is always hard in that situation. I remember when my youngest son started school, and uh, there was a lot of emotion in the school playground about saying goodbye to your baby kind of going to school, to big school. And, you know, there, was, there, was t- there were tears from the mums in the playground. And, um, I, you know, I've got to tell you, I, I adore my children. So you know this, I adore my children. I wasn't feeling the angst of the goodbye. I was looking forward to the first hot coffee and peace in five years. But I get to the playground, of course, and there's much emotion, and there's tissues, and there's hugs. And I didn't quite know what to do, because I wanted really to make a run for it, but I felt I couldn't. So I did what I could only describe as a kind of walk of shame, where I walked through the playground mournfully and slowly, and giving kind of loving looks to fellow mums as they kind of waved off their child into school and sobbed. And I scarpered to the nearest coffee shop, and I sat there for two hours. And it was marvellous. Goodbyes feel different for different people, uh, depending on the situation. So we have see you later, we have goodbye for now, but then of course, as we've been hearing this morning, we have goodbye forever. The permanent kind of goodbyes. The most permanent kind, of course, is when someone that we love has died. And the finality of that goodbye, the wrench of that goodbye, the wrongness of that goodbye, a painful and a permanent goodbye. Before the children went out, we heard the story of Lazarus told in a book uh, with this name, Goodbye 
to goodbyes, the story of a man who died, a human man who died, but that Jesus raised to life again. But at pointing to another man, this man Jesus, who would go to Jerusalem and would say goodbye himself and who would die, and who, like Lazarus, would walk out of a tomb alive. And we're going to look at that story for a few minutes this morning and think about what does it mean for us today and in the days to come that Jesus came to end our goodbyes. What does that mean for us? If this Easter Sunday we're celebrating the truth of Jesus' resurrection, what does that mean about goodbyes today and in the days to come? We're going to pick up the story in John 11. If you want to grab a Bible and follow it, you're welcome. It's page 1077 in the Bibles in your chairs. Jesus and his disciples have been doing all kind of ministry in and around Jerusalem. There's been healings, there's been teaching. And Jesus has come under enormous pressure from his Jewish opponents. He moves out into the country and he gets word from Martha and Mary that their brother Lazarus is ill. They are back in Bethany, a village near Jerusalem, and they call to Jesus for some help. Now, we've got to remember that Jesus loved this family. He spent time with this family. This news would have mattered to Jesus. He was close to them. But he hears the news, and he waits for two more days before heading there. And we pick up the story in John 11, verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. So Jesus waits. It's so peculiar. He waits before going to Bethany, by which time Lazarus has died. And they can't understand it. Why would Jesus wait? The one who's been doing miracles and teaching amazing things about the kingdom of God. Why didn't Jesus come before? But Jesus says that their brother will rise again, that they will be saying goodbye to goodbyes. If we trust this Easter Sunday message of Jesus' resurrection, uh, which uh, Lazarus, as Lazarus was raised from the dead and which was a pointer towards Jesus, the, the resurrection and the life, then we trust there is a goodbye to eternal goodbyes. And we'll talk about that. But I wonder also if there are some other things for us to be saying goodbye to as we're here on this Easter Sunday this morning. If we're taking this to be true, what might that mean for us in terms of saying goodbye today? The first thing is that maybe we need to say goodbye to some of our preconceptions. That actually, if it's true that Jesus died on a cross and rose again for the forgiveness of our sins, that that's the basis of our Christian faith. If that's true, then there are some preconceptions we need to wrestle with and put to one side. 
Now, I know there'll be plenty of us here this morning who come with all kinds of thoughts and feelings about what you're here for today. We love the variety of church life. There'll be those of us here who absolutely believe this. There'll be those of us here who absolutely don't. And there'll be lots of us in between who are thinking and wrestling and, is it true? And who is this Jesus? And why do so many people come to celebrate this thing? Is this real? The historical evidence for Jesus is certain. So no historians would doubt that Jesus existed. But was he the son of God, really? Was he not just a good teacher who came and was worth following and gave us good sayings and morals to build our lives around? But in this passage, he says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Now, Jesus doesn't actually leave the option of good moral teacher open to us. He presents himself as the solution to the problem. There's a crisis taking place here. Someone has died right before their eyes. Someone they loved. They're expecting comfort and mourning. But Jesus presents himself as a solution to this problem. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He does not leave anything open to us if we take his words, other than he was the son of God who has the power over death. I am the resurrection and the life, he says. It may be that one of our preconceptions is that we look around and perhaps we see church is positive. Maybe community is positive. Maybe there's something in this Jesus. But actually, the reason that we're here this morning is not because... Jesus gives us nice teaching. The reason we gather like this and decorate an empty cross full of flowers of hope is because Jesus has the power over death itself. That's what has brought us here today. There's evidence for the resurrection, which I think is much more convincing than you might think on first sight. I want to show you a clip from um, one of the Alpha course uh, DVDs that we use sometimes. Alpha's a course uh, to explain a little bit about what Christians believe. It covers subjects like, who was Jesus anyway? Is it worth praying? Why did Jesus die? And the idea is to watch a, a film together and have some food and to discuss it. And I want to show you a clip here that talks about the evidence for the resurrection. Have a look at this. So that's a clip from the um, Alpha, Why Did Jesus Die? Anyone recognise the woman on that? If you're a young parent, she's from CB, but she's Pirate Jem from Swashbuckle. Oh, yes. Yes. It took me three episodes to work out who she was when I watched that for the first time. So they asked the question to a whole range of different people, did Jesus rise from the dead? Maybe we'll have that range of thoughts here today. Some people who think, yes, he absolutely did. Others who think he can't have. And others of us who just aren't sure in the middle. Christians have come to believe that what Jesus said about himself was true, that he is the resurrection and the life, compelled by the evidence for the empty tomb, for his presence with the disciples, for the transformation of those disciples after he uh, went on, and the fact that it's still happening today, that there are billions of Christians, and that he goes on changing lives today and knowing the truth of his presence in our lives. We run Alpha courses regularly in this church. It may be that you're interested yourself in coming to Alpha, being part of Alpha. We'd love to help break some of your preconceptions if that's you. If you're interested in finding out more, come and talk to us. We'd love to talk to you about that. So saying goodbye to some of our preconceptions is part of the goodbye. Part of the goodbye as we're here today on Easter Sunday.
We can also say goodbye to our own efforts and our own mistakes. I find Martha a really interesting character in our story. There's uh, other stories about Martha in our Bibles. There's a story where she's very busy sorting out things at home while Mary sits at Jesus' feet. And there are some things about Mary that make me think that she is a classic ruler bayer. I've got this theory that in any family, there is someone who is a ruler bayer. Look at the people you came with and nudge them if you think this is them. Someone who likes to, to do the right thing, maybe to give the right answers. The sort of person who arrives at 10 to 7 for a 7 o'clock dinner appointment and waits outside uh, so that they're on time because the invitation said 7 so that you can go and knock on the door at 6.59. The person who is very noble and right, but just likes to do things right, even if it's a bit daft to do the right thing, and doesn't make sense, they do it anyway. I am a, I am a ruler bayer in our family, absolutely. It's an eldest child thing, interestingly. You can talk about that over Sunday lunch if you think that's you. I think it's an eldest child thing, but anyway, I identify with Martha. She's a ruler bayer. She likes to do the right thing, and she likes to say the right thing. It's interesting in our story that um, she actually she disobeys one of the social norms here because actually it would have been normal in a time of Jewish mourning for women to be at home for 30 days following a death and to be at home. But Martha's agitated and upset and she goes out to meet Jesus and she says to him, verse 21, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And I think we can read this and make an assumption that actually Martha's this full of faith person that we could never identify with, that she's some sort of model for us. It's like she's saying here, you know, I know Jesus is going to do a miracle. God will give you whatever you ask. But actually, Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And she says, I know he will at the resurrection on the last day. She wasn't expecting anything today. She was expecting a future, yes, but she wasn't expecting anything for now. Understandably, Lazarus had died and dead people stay dead. Rather than being a model of faith to us, actually, I find Martha very encouraging here. She's saying the right thing to please Jesus. Platitudes, really, spiritual platitudes. Verse 27, I do believe you're the Messiah who's to come into the world. I believe it and I can say it, but I don't believe it in a way that can actually change this outcome that I'm in here and now that will change anything about this awful outcome for my brother's death. I believe it, but not for today. And I wonder how many of us might be in that category, that actually we believe it, and we believe it for a future. Do, but do we believe what is on offer for us in resurrection, hope, and power for our today? We pick up the story in verse 38. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odour. He's been there for four days. You see, she doesn't understand it even now. There's going to be a smell, she says. Then Jesus says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. 
Martha's here before Jesus, wanting to give the right answers, wanting to say the right thing, wanting to uh, obey the rules, give spiritual platitudes, look like she knew what she was talking about, when actually where was she? Full of grief and full of doubt. And I just feel a, a, a pang and a help in that as we're here on this Easter Sunday, reading it in the light of that. Because isn't that like so many of us, that we believe and have faith and we can say the right thing when trusting Jesus right here, right now, today, on this day, is so much harder. Are Jesus' promises really trustworthy? Are they? Can I bank on them today, in my today? Jesus takes Martha with her theologically correct answers and the bits that she's not sure of and her obligation to do the right thing and her grief and her doubt and her confusion and he is okay with that and he proves himself to her. We can say goodbye to having to have our lives up together, having to make a huge effort to say the right answers to make it all work. And we can bring that to Jesus and say goodbye to it because he meets us in the place where we are. That we say goodbye to our past mistakes and our sin and our shame and all of our mess. Jesus is still rolling stones. As the band sang for us so brilliantly, the grave let go, the darkness should have known, you're still rolling stones. As we're here today, we're not just talking about a future hope, but something that changes our today. He is the resurrection and the life today. How about if this Easter Sunday we could find our way out of tombs that we did not know we were in? He starts with us where we are. Wherever you are today and me, he is okay with that. And we can say goodbye to our own efforts and work with him and let him meet us there. So we say goodbye to preconceptions. We can say goodbye to our own efforts and mistakes and past. And then we come full circle to where we began. That we say goodbye to goodbyes forever. That the hope of the Christian faith is for now and the future. That we're here today because of what's to come. That the finality of death does not have its hold on us any longer. Jesus did something at his friend's tomb that changed everything. That he proved he had power over death and then proved it again in his own death and resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus says. Lazarus was going to die again. Jesus did not die again. He rose and stayed alive so that we do not need to fear a forever goodbye. It was good to pray for what's happening in Sri Lanka right now today. What a thought that in there today, the God of power and resurrection is really present and real. And that their goodbyes do not need to be forever for those Christian believers who are worshipping in those churches. That we say goodbye to the finality of death. We put daffodils on this empty cross. The angst of Friday and the agony and the waiting of Saturday is over. And we step into the hope of spring and the hope of the resurrection. And that is the offer that's on the table for us. Whoever we are, wherever we are, this is the amazing truth. Wherever we find ourselves today, here we are in this meeting place and he offers you and he offers me this deal on the table, which is goodbye to our forever goodbyes, that death does not need to be the end, that the finality of death has been broken and that in the today of our lives today, his resurrection power is still at work.
we'd love to talk to you if you're interested in this more. It may be that you are, have been thinking about this for a while, and actually, do you know what? You think, this is, this is true. I'm in, I, I believe this. And it may be that today is a day, what a great day, that you could seal the deal in prayer today with someone, with one of us, or someone that you know, and say, do you know what? On this Easter Sunday 2019, I'm going to say I'm in. I'm going to say goodbye to my preconceptions and my own efforts and the finality of death, and I'm going to trust in Jesus. If that's you, we'd love to pray with you. It may be that you're on a journey thinking about this and wrestling with it, and we'd love to journey with you too, whether it's Alpha or whether it's a conversation. And for those of us who have got faith and believe, we can believe not just for the future, but we can believe for today. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's pray. As the band come back, we'll pray together. And as we pray, we're thanking you, Jesus, that you are still in the business of rolling stones. That your death and resurrection has defeated the power of death for us. Thank you that forgiveness is available. And thank you that you want to strip off our grave clothes and set us free today that you are still in the resurrection business because you are the resurrection and the life. And we pray you'd help us wherever we are on this faith journey to walk with you and to allow you to meet us where we are and move us on. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Amen.